This is the daily lectionary comments for Wednesday of Easter 3. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 34, beginning at verse 29. Moses' shining face, and then we're going to take a look at uh, the contributions of the people to build a tabernacle. And we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 36. And Jesus tells a, a parable about a moneylender and uh, the nature of forgiveness. The narrative in Exodus chapter 34 continues uh, with a description of how when, when Moses would come out of the tent of meeting, having spoken with God, his face would be shining. This was a, another a beautiful accommodation by God uh, to comfort the people so that they would know that he is continuing to speak with Moses and that he is continuing to dwell with his people, and so that the Moses, so that the people also uh, would would have it reconfirmed that God is indeed speaking face to face to his servant Moses, and so that when Moses would come out and they would see his shining face, then they would know that this relationship between them and the Lord was continuing uh, to be healthy, and God was continuing to care for his people. Moses, uh, uh, so would, he would keep this veil off so that the people would know that he's been in conference with God, and then whatever it is that he would tell the people after that, they would know uh, that this is coming straight from the Lord. Um, so then, but he, then he would also put a veil over his face when he was done speaking. And Paul says, um, in, in the New Testament, Paul comments on that, and he says the reason why Moses um, put this veil over his face is because uh, he did not want the people to see the, 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 the glory of the Lord, which was shining in the face of Moses, fading. Now, of course, we, we would expect to see that. It's not Moses himself who is shining. Um, the shining face of Moses is a reflection of the Lord. And, and, and Moses being in the presence of the Lord. But Moses himself was, after all, a human being and a sinner like the rest. And so the longer Moses would be away from the presence of the Lord, then this, the, the radiance of Moses' face would slowly, um, would slowly dwindle. And so, so Paul comments on that and, and talks about, um, uh, you know, how, how uh, he, he didn't want people to see how that um, uh, that was uh, that, that glory was sh uh, slowly um, dwindling. He contrasts that to Jesus, and he talks about how it, this is in Second um, Corinthians chapter four, um, verse six. He talks about uh, God, who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So here, uh, Paul is commenting that while Moses stood in the presence of God and because of that, his face shined. Nevertheless, Moses was a mere mortal like the rest of us, a sinner like the rest of us, and that was a reflective glory. The glory that we see in the face of Jesus is not a reflective glory, but it is actually the glory of God itself. And when we see and what we see in Jesus, we are seeing actually the glory of God as it is revealed to us and it does not fade. So Paul makes this uh, interesting uh, comparison. One other thing that I'll say uh, from the Exodus um, account here, 
is that the attention then turns quickly to the Sabbath and then to the collection for the building of the tabernacle. This is another beautiful way of telling the people uh, that their golden calf incident is now put behind us. God is going to dwell with his people. The tabernacle, uh, the, the plans for which have been outlined in chapters 25 through 29, is now going to be built. And not only that, but the people uh, are, are being solicited to contribute to the construction of this tabernacle so that God may actually dwell in the midst of his people, this forgiving and gracious God. Now Luke chapter 7, verse 36 and following. This, uh, this passage talks about the relationship between God's forgiveness of us and our love for him. For a lot of people, the, the idea is the more we love God, the more he forgives us. The more things that we do in demonstration that we love God, the more willing God is to forgive us when we fail. But this passage actually says the exact opposite. What it says is the more God forgives us, the more we are enabled to love him. So here, uh, and the point actually isn't so much the more horrible of a sinner you are, then the more he forgives you, and the more he forgives you, then the more you can love him. Actually, the idea here is that the more aware a person is of just how much God has forgiven them, the more they are able to love him. This woman was very aware of how sinful she was, and therefore she was very aware of how much God had forgiven her, and therefore she loved God a great deal. On the other hand, Simon the Pharisee uh, did not consider himself to be particularly sinful, did not consider that God had had to forgive a particularly great amount of sin in him, and therefore did not show to Jesus the kind of love and devotion that this woman showed. So the basic idea is this, God offers forgiveness to the sinner, which we receive by faith. In other words, you believe God when he tells you that you are forgiven. And when you believe him, then you know that you are forgiven. And the more aware you are of your own sinfulness, the more you know that you are forgiven. And that is the engine and the impetus then for us to love him. The more you are aware that you have been forgiven by God and you didn't deserve it, the more you are able truly to love God with your whole heart. 